Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irving Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. Is this thing on? All right, gentlemen, coming to main stage next, this is Bunny. Get up there. She's got a tornado of titties coming your way. Get those dollar bills ready. She's got an ass that shakes like Michael J. Fox. So get up there and throw, throw, throw them dollars. Dude, that is fucking iconic. <laughs> What's up, you sexy motherfuckers? Welcome to another episode of Dumb Blonde. Today, I have one of the more controversial TikTok stars sitting on my couch, and I am so excited to go down the rabbit hole with her. Hawk is in the house, baby. What's up? Hey. How are you doing? <laughs> Thriving. How are you? Baby, I am living. Blessed and living. I'm so happy you're here. Thank you for having me. Dude, I, you know, we were talking a little bit about this before the podcast. Um, I am so happy to have you here because I feel like there is so much bullshit on the internet and I am just here because I want people to fall in love with you. You know, and that's one of the main and, you know, you also have a huge advocate in your corner, Joanna Angel, and she just loves the shit out of you, too. So I love her so much. I'm excited to tell a little bit of my story. I've really just stayed quiet the past few months and I've just like let the universe handle everything. Yeah. But then when Joanna told me about you, I was like, let's do it. Yeah. Like, let's fucking (laughs) let's go for it. I'm willing to talk. I love it. We'll deep dive into some things, but let's start out like, where did you grow up? Let's paint a picture for people so that they know where you came from. And also you do go by pronouns, right? So they, them. They, them. So I'm yes. going to try my hardest to, if I do something wrong, just correct me, but I'm willing yeah. to learn, you know, so I don't ever want to, um, you know, insult somebody indirectly by not using the right pronouns. So just let yeah. me know um, I if I do. That. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> So where did you grow up? Um, I grew up in a small town in Ohio. Okay. So like literally middle of nowhere. Gotcha. So um, I moved around a lot. Like we were like poor, poor, Mm. like going without water for months at a time, living in the snow belt, poor. Um, and was it, were, were your parents together? Were, was sometimes, it a single mom? Yeah. My mom, I have an older brother mm-hmm. and a younger sister. And it was like pretty much just us with my mom growing up. We moved around like once a year. So. Was there addiction in the house or was it? Yeah. You know, my mom was my hero growing up like she was a fucking kick-ass mom um but addiction runs in my family Mm. and like one year I think I was like 14 maybe 15 she kind of just snapped and started Mm. drinking so after that um 
I'm me and my mom. She's a Capricorn. I'm a Cancer. Like we go head to head. Yeah. So technically, you guys are soulmate signs. Yeah. Well, we put each other in each other's places. So <laughs> yeah. I did a lot of living um, with my grandparents mm. for a lot of my life after things started to go bad, like when my mom started drinking. Oh. So was there something that happened that triggered her drinking, or that you know of, or you just? I think once, honestly, I feel like it was, um, like, once she realized all of her kids could do things for themselves, oh. she was like, okay, like a switch just flipped. Right. So that was really hard. And you said you weren't close with your dad. He was in and out. Yeah, he was in and out. He um, He runs sound for, like, this like one hit wonder 90s band so who is it am i allowed to do are we allowed to say who it is yeah so it was for a band called okay do you know i for some reason it sounds familiar but i'm not sure so um my dad was just kind of in and out he was basically like a fun uncle right you know he would show up take you out and then drop you back off right but my mom after i got a lot older and like i lived you know my life I realized that like my mom had such a hard life so and we have a tendency to like dads can fuck up really all they want right we hold moms to this crazy standard and I think that's another reason that like she had snapped the way that she did the pressure yeah a lot of people that's actually pretty um you know awesome that you realize that because a lot of parents project their childhood trauma onto their children yeah and I feel like our generation of parents just didn't know how to heal Mm -mm. you know so instead of healing they just kept that generational trauma going and going and going yeah I think we're the generational trauma breakers no I wholeheartedly agree with that yeah like a hundred percent my mom um what's crazy is now she got diagnosed with um, stage four lung cancer. Aww. So she stopped drinking and we finally started getting along. And my my brother has some really bad anxiety. So I had to be in charge of like everything when mm. she had gotten sick. And now we're like best friends. I love that. It's like I go over there like once a week. We have dinner. How's she doing health wise? She's okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's finding out how she was sick was the craziest thing. Mm. She was having these insane headaches and like I get treated for migraines and I've had to been I like I've had to be put in the hospital for my migraines because wow. they just get bad. Yeah. Um but she had a migraine for probably like 2 months and I was like they're oh not supposed God. to last more than like 4 days. Mom. Yeah. Like get your ass in the car we're going to the hospital but the way that we grew up if you're not like showing bones or just like bleeding or dying like you don't go to the hospital right so i put my mom in my car and we get to the hospital they take her for a brain scan they were like hey you're not leaving you have a brain bleed and you also have like two tumors oh my gosh they shipped her to this other hospital that I wasn't allowed to be at because COVID Mm. um, was still pretty bad and then they were like hey so you actually have like five tumors and they put her in for emergency surgery and she got like from here to here cut it was a 
a bilateral craniotomy. Oh, my God. Yeah. And then it turns out there was actually 14. There were just, like, microscopic. And we found out it was cancerous. And then she only had one tumor in her lung. Mm -hmm. The rest just went straight to her brain. Wow. So... That's how we found out. Wow. It was so fast. It happened within like days. Oh, that is so hurtful too. That's a lot to process at one time. Yeah. Um. So let's rewind it back. You said that you're at 14. You had to go start go living with your grandparents. Yeah. My. How my, does that make young Hawk feel? Happy. I My granny is my whole heart. Oh. Like I have the best or i had the best relationship shout out for good grandmas right honestly yeah and people that were raised by their grandparents are just like a totally different breed of people um but my mom and i didn't get along very well because like i was when i was like 13 years old my aunt was giving me like percocet for babysitting for her which sparked a problem and with me and my mom, it was like the alcoholic calling the junkie, you know, an so addict. You when? How old were you when you took your first pill? Twelve or thirteen. Wow, you—that was a huge part you left out. The, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So twelve years old, you take. Who gives you your first Percocet? Your aunt? Yeah, my aunt. We called her um, Aunt Minnie, and she had two kids, and she would let me babysit for her. And I thought she was so cool. Like, she let me smoke cigarettes in her house. Mm. And, like, I was like, she's so fucking cool. And she was giving me, like, Percocet and Vicodin for babysitting for her. Wow. Which snowballed into, obviously, later on in life of full-blown heroin addiction. Yeah, we'll get to that for sure. So you're 12 years old, taking Percocets. Mm -hmm. Mom starts drinking at 14. You have a full-blown addiction by the time you're 14, right? Yeah. Just pretty much. like, And when you we say addiction, can you paint that picture? Like, what? how many were you taking a day? Like, You know what? Because that's really young to be... Yeah. When I was in high school, um, it, wasn't, it wasn't as bad. I was just taking things whenever I got them. So, right. like, maybe on the weekends or okay. maybe, like, on a school night. Still young to be popping perks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I had no idea what withdrawals were until I was probably about 17. Wow. And then I was like doing morphine during my high school career. My um, my brother had this friend who had cancer and he had leukemia and he was in like a wheelchair and not many people wanted to be like friends with him and him and my brother had this strange dynamic where you could tell that um our friend like he just wanted to make friends he felt like an outcast because he missed so much school right and my brother you know used me it's like it's funny for me to laugh at it but he was like i need you to take a walk with this kid and like he's gonna hug you and put stuff in your pocket and i was like yeah all right whatever right and I feel like being in the middle of nowhere you know things like that were so normalized oh yeah for sure drugs really were just like Mm -hmm. normalized and it's scary Uh, especially like Ohio too because you know the cold winters like there's nothing to do for you guys out there for the kids I started using drugs when I was 16 yeah 
yeah, 16 is when I, the first time I started using drugs, but, um, you know, like, and it's just a different way of life on that side of the world, you know, Trashley has been on the podcast and she's from Ohio and she started, she's from Ohio. Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, I think she still lives there right now. Um, right outside of Columbus or in Columbus. Yeah. Yeah. And she started using at a very young age too, because she said, that's really all that you guys have to do out there is to just do drugs. Yeah. So walk me through um, Hawk in high school. You went to your grandparents' house. Are you living at your grandparents' house full time and Um, just kind of bouncing around? So I would go up to my mom's house on the weekends. Did your mom know about your addiction? Sort of. Okay. She, She sort of knew about it. She had like a feeling. And my brother and my mom were very close with each other. So he had no problem telling things, you know, to my mom. But I was like don't be a rat don't be a fucking right. snake like don't <laughs> right. rat me out I'm already kicked out of here so like let me you know see our little sister and things like that it was hard going up to my mom's house for me though because my brother would always like throw parties and I remember like we didn't have electric at the house um no we had electric we didn't have heat so the stove was running um to keep the place warm they pulled out all the food out of the fridge and they just put beer in it and my sister's like four years younger than me so I really stopped coming around because I was like my little sister lives in this fucking house I can't I cannot do this right is it because it hurt you to see her living in that situation it did and there was nothing that I could do about it so my sister went and she lived with our aunt for a while not Aunt Minnie, right? Nope, not Aunt okay. Minnie. No, <laughs> I'm like, damn it. <laughs> My mom has like six brothers and sisters. Okay, gotcha. So, well, honestly, like 12. My wow. granny married my papa, and mm. she had seven kids, and he had six kids. Wow. And then they moved in together. So we have, like, a big old smorgasbord Italian of family. family. Yeah. yeah. Okay, you're Italian. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. So, um... It was really hard. So I bounced around a lot. It's like always been inside of me. Yeah. To you just didn't like, really have stability. Yeah. And my mom would always like get evicted from a place. And we we really just bounced. This house that I'm living in right now with my daughter, we've been there for two and a half years. And that's the I like that is the longest I've ever lived in a house. And mm-hmm. I'm 28. Yeah. I understand that. I didn't have stability really until um, Jay and I decided to settle down and actually build a home together. And that was last year. And that was after being together for five years. You know, we were finally like, we've got to start putting roots somewhere, you know? Yeah. It's crazy whenever you have traumatic, you know, childhood, such as what I've had and what he's had and you've had, it's hard for you to put in roots somewhere because you feel like you don't belong, you know? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So your sister sister went to go live with the aunt, not aunt Minnie. Not aunt Minnie. Yeah. (laughs) My sweet aunt Patty. She's an amazing angel. Good. Even though she's a Gemini. Yeah. Like that's okay. Gemini's can either be one or one or the other so I feel like it's very rare to find a good one and when you do hold on to them you know what I have like four Gemini placements in my birth chart I have so much shit to talk about Gemini's (laughs) and everybody's like well what about you and all your Gemini placements and I'm like it's a Gemini thing yeah like you wouldn't get it yeah we're allowed to talk about ourselves yeah Yeah. I can say this it's from experience (laughs) I love that I'm moving in with Aunt Patty and I had lived with um my grandma and my mom at some point she put me through um dental school because I was failing I'm pretty sure I had like a 0.5 GPA like I did not give well you were 
doing drugs and, yeah yeah i was high and when i wasn't high i was taking adderall in school there was this chick in my high school who sold me her adderall 30 milligram extended releases for one dollar a day wow she didn't even know she didn't even know that like the power she held yeah and i was like for one <laughs> people dollar. nowadays would pay top dollar for those literally mm. so I struggled with my weight a lot in um, high school because of the fact that, like, I was doing Adderall. I was drinking four logos every weekend, mm. like, whatever I could get my hands on. Were you overweight, underweight? I was underweight. Mm. I was, like, 17 years old and, like, 70 pounds. Wow. You are very tiny. Like, when you came in, I was like, yeah. she's, like, Joanna size. Like, you yeah. guys are, like, fun size. I have, like, a very tiny build, but I, I think that, like, doing Adderall in high school very much so contributed to like having an eating disorder later on in life just like out of stress you Mm -hmm. know what I mean yeah so but we're here yeah and we're thriving yeah for sure baby so (laughs) moving on from you know she she lived with Aunt Minnie you had your full-blown addiction take me from there what does baby hawk do then um so I went through dental school right and I met my best friend in the entire world. And we, uh, she really tried to help me through a lot of it. But like, does she have a name? Her name is Haley. Haley, okay. Yeah, oh, we have a Haley. Yeah. My makeup artist is Haley. She is one of the best people to this day that I've ever met. She's actually um, engaged to my assistant now. Aww. So, like, we're just all together. And my assistant is my cousin. Right. So, yeah, you got to have people you trust. Yeah. In your yeah. circle. My, we just hired on an assistant, and it's her sister. <laughs> yeah. You, literally. And, like, Haley helps me with, like, my social media pages mm-hmm. and things like that. Like, but back then, things were really hard. She mm-hmm. loved me. And, like, we went through it. We basically lived out of her car together once mm-hmm. I was, like, old enough and granny, like, you know, let me do what I wanted and hang out with friends. It was just me and her um, struggling, partying every weekend together. Um, Where was your addiction at um, at this point? It was a lot of drinking Yeah, back then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I really, it wasn't until um, I was like 18 when I met my child's father that like I became heavily addicted to like downers right that was like was high school it just also? seemed when I look back at it mm-hmm. it just seemed like fun mm-hmm. like whatever I could get my hands on whenever it wasn't like the mentality where I was like I'm gonna get sick without this right you know and then um, and I feel like it always starts off fun and then you're and then once it gets a hold of you, you're like, holy shit, this it's shit just got real. Yeah. You don't realize how bad it is until you're like literally sweating, shaking and crying and like yeah. you can't sleep and you're like, what the fuck did I do? Yeah. Or like you put somebody in danger or like something really bad has to happen for you to realize how bad it is. Mm-hmm. One time my mom and mom if you watch this I'm so sorry Mm. but but you guys are in such a great place now we are and this is just painting a picture of where you've came from so people can maybe understand you know some things about you yeah it a lot of where I came from also like ties into the controversy of like the things that the internet has to say about me now right 
because I, you know, I made jokes about like growing up in a trailer park and things like that. And people are like, oh, well, this explains like you saying these things when you were younger. And I'm like, the point is right in your face. Yeah. Like it's right here. You don't understand. I did not give a fuck about anything or anybody up until I probably hit age like 23. Yeah. And I don't justify anything no like I there is you're growing up though and I think people on the internet don't allow people to have mistakes because lord knows they've never fucked up ever in their life yeah you know and I know when I was you're 25 now or how I'm 28 28 now okay yeah it's still young I'm 42 when I was 28 I was fucking doing eight balls of cocaine off strippers asses fucking robbing men for their money like I was yeah. doing fucked up shit and yeah. it wasn't an excuse for my age, but when you grow up in an environment, if you don't know, you can't do better if you don't know better, Mm-mm. you know, and if you don't have those influences showing you to do the right things or, hey, you're not allowed to say that or, you know, hey, this isn't proper form, you know, yeah. you're going to have to figure it out on your own. And that's what I try to preach to everybody is like, it's so easy for people to point fingers, but Lord knows when fingers are pointing back at them, they can't stand it. Yeah. So fuck all them. Yeah. That's it. That's how I feel like about the internet now. I'm like, I'm not asking anybody to like me. Yeah. I'm not, I've never asked anybody to stand up for me or stand up for that person that I was because I see those videos and like, I don't even look like that. Like I don't recognize that person at all. Yeah. And I've never even tried to be the person that was like, I didn't know any better because I... I did know better. I did not give a fuck. I was heavy on drugs for like so much of my life. Right. I did not care about who I hurt or what I hurt. Like none of it mattered. I didn't even think I would be alive until like where I'm at now. If I could sit Little Hawk down and just like explain where my life is now the fact that I am a mother like a fucking kick-ass mother Mm. the fact that like we got sober and like I left an abusive relationship if I could sit little hawk down and just be like just hold on just get it together for a fucking minute yeah it will get better I can't let's let's keep exploring that so you left off at you met your baby's father and then that's kind of like when you started falling in love with downers yeah so I how old were you when you met him 18 yeah I was 18 I was living on my friend's couch because my my granny you know she had rules it was right. 10 p.m every night you know <laughs> heaven on. forbid you have rules Hawk. yeah so i was like you know what i'm going on this fucking couch i was literally like down the street from her house so right. i was there all the time <laughs> did she ever worry about you or she trusted the friend <sighs> she worried about me like crazy oh. and in her eyes I could do no wrong. And I I did. I fucked up a whole lot. And my family had a whole lot to say about me. And she was like, don't talk about my girl. So she was like the one person on this earth that really just understood me, even when she didn't understand me. I remember um, after I gave birth to my daughter. Okay. 
We'll get to that. <laughs> we'll get to that. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about It's granny. hard to talk about childhood and stay on track. And I didn't realize how hard it was until we had to do my life story podcast. Yeah. And then when we got done. I was like, I left out so much shit because it's literally like so hard to fucking. Yeah. Like, who is it. that person? Right. It's just like, it's so weird. So I get it. And all my, all my listeners get it too. And okay. somehow the stories <laughs> always tie back in together. It just works. So don't worry about it. Okay. All right, so you met baby daddy. I met baby daddy there. I will say now there's a lot about mine and his relationship that like I can't talk about Okay, because I think that when my daughter gets older, these are things that she needs to hear from me. Right. You know, before she like sees online. Absolutely. One day she's going to grow up and she's going to find all these things out about me. And I've made it a point to not talk much. Right. About her father because it was absolutely fucking bonkers we guys were 18 so yeah we were trying to figure it out together it was um after meeting him it was one of the hardest times of my life and we were like on and off and his mom didn't like me at the time she's my best friend now i go to her house twice a week for dinner yeah um but what What's that movie um, with, like, the chick from David Bowie's Labyrinth and Jared Leto? Do you know what movie I'm talking about? I can about? visualize it. I can That's visualize it. That's what my life was like. Wow. With him. Mm-hmm. Um, Requiem for a Dream. Mm-hmm. Yes, Requiem for a Dream. Yep. Yes. Mm-hmm. So that was a lot. That was, I mean, we were together from ages, like, 18 until... 23 so So you guys did are we allowed to talk about the addiction you guys did use together we did use together and how how, you don't have to really talk about his I don't know anything about this so this is all just stuff that I'm learning yeah Um, so if I you know like I said if there's something you don't want to talk about just say you don't want to talk about it okay um so the addiction part were you like shooting up were you snorting like what what was happening you know what for some reason I thought I had this moral high ground when it came to shooting up. Yeah. So I ruined my nose. Oh, like I have it, no cartilage in my nose. It literally, my um, my septum is like touching my nostril. Mm. My nose is forever fucked up. I have to do nasal sprays, allergy pills oh. every day. No surgeries will fix it. When I laugh, I blow bubbles sometimes oh, with my nose. Baby. Super <laughs> embarrassing, but like I did that. Yeah. She's like, I earned those stripes. Yeah. <laughs> So it was, everything was just put up my nose or like I would smoke it. It, it all started out like doing Percocet. Right. And, um, this is also like my intro to sex work because Mm -hmm. like back then when Vine was a thing, I, I had like a pretty big following on Vine Mm. and, um, we, he had realized like how much money I could make if I was selling nudes and we rolled with it and mm. like it just it turned into a lot of things that like I didn't want to be doing which added to the addiction right. I was just like make more money you know just do more drugs so I don't have to feel what the fuck I'm doing right it was very very ugly for mm-hmm. a very long time yeah um 
So you you guys were pretty much you got into sex work to kind of feed you guys' addiction and also to be able to put a roof over you guys' head. Yeah. A lot of it was um up to me. It was like it was yeah. on me to feed the family. There was like a lot of pressure. And then um I when, had gotten pregnant. Right. Okay. I was gonna say when did you get pregnant? I got pregnant and um Well, how old were you when you got pregnant? I gave birth at 22, so I was, like, 21. 21. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I got pregnant. Um, I got clean as soon as... When I found out I was pregnant, I was in the hospital visiting my granny, and she literally said to me she was she had to get this surgery behind mm-hmm. her ear, but she had to stay awake. And she was like, I saw my brother, and I saw my dad, and they wanted me to go with them, but I knew there was a reason. I just don't know what the reason is. Aww. I told them no. And then I went down to the ER for UTI. <laughs> and they were like, you're one week pregnant. Aww. So I went one back. One week. Wow. One week. And then I had to wait a few weeks because they were like, we don't know if it's a miscarriage. We don't know if it's yeah. like a tubal pregnancy. Mm. You, you had a tubal pregnancy before? No, they oh, said okay. that they didn't know yeah. because it was only one weekend. Gotcha, I had gotcha. to wait for like the ultrasound and figuring out like my hormone levels right. and stuff like that. Yeah. But when I went upstairs and I told my granny, she was like, I fucking knew that was the reason I had to be here. <laughs> Aww, we love granny. I absolutely love her. Um, so how does 21 year old Hawk feel, you know, being an addict where and you were only doing Percocets or were you doing like heroin then? Or? I was only doing Percocets. OK, um, how do you feel? You find out that you're pregnant and I was scared. I was very scared because I was scared about making money. You know, I was Mm -hmm. scared about like, what if like getting clean? I was so scared about getting clean because I'm like, what if I lost the baby? Yeah. When you were doing sex work, were you you in porn or were you? It was. It was just. It was all Snapchat stuff. Okay. Gotcha. Like things like it was all like ran through me, you know, things like that. Yeah. Um, So I ended up getting clean. I was so sick. I was mm. sick for probably like a week and I was so scared about, you know, losing the baby, but it was so early. Like I had a chance. Yeah. You know what I mean? And everything everything was fine. I was still with, you know, my child's father, which was um it was hard. It was hard still doing, you know, taking care of everything so you you had to still do sex work while you were pregnant yeah he just refused to work or yeah he would um he would get a job for like two weeks um to like show his mom that he was trying right but it, it would never last right um so yeah a lot of it a lot of it was on me I like I didn't have much access to my phone um there there was a lot that like I I lost so much of me right why didn't you have access to your phone because um it like it wasn't me running my accounts to like make the money I was just there to like be the body right Mm -hmm. I guess um who was running at him Mm -hmm. okay gotcha yeah it was it was messy it was just like a what's hard about this this is like my first time ever really talking about him and like there's so many details like I can't get into but like it's been over five years and like I'm just now unpacking it and like Mm. therapy and like I 
blocked out so much of that relationship so mm-hmm. I like I really don't even have that many details because like my brain went into survival mode right and I like was there physical abuse of any sort or just emotional? not really like arguments would get very heated yeah. and it would get very scary yeah. it was it was a lot of like emotional mm-hmm. abuse it was a lot of pressure on me mm-hmm. a lot of like threatening that I would just be like booted to the street or like me and my daughter wouldn't have like a place Mm. it was it was scary yeah and so in my head I was like I have to be a good mom I have to like I have to feed the family you know what I mean like just do whatever the fuck you can different than what your mom was yeah Mm. yeah and I felt after I left him well how old were you when you left him I left him um the September after she was born she was born in February so Mm. Um, the reason that I had left him was I got this, um, I had gotten this message from some random follower and, um, it was like in detail what they were going to do to me and like they involved my daughter and like they talked about like raping me and like just like the ways that they would murder me while my daughter would like cry out my name like it was the sickest thing I've ever received so I quit I called my mom I said mom I am going to die I am going to die like if you don't pick me up and um she did who was it you never found out who it was it was just was it somebody he was affiliated with or just like a crazy fan I think it was a crazy fan wow so um and I, I like I didn't want to go to the cops because I'm like I make you know yeah I make explicit content they're just gonna they tell me it's my fucking fault yeah I knew better but I was scared for my fucking life so I left and he and I have a great relationship now yeah. we're both clean and sober it's growth yeah and he takes her you know almost every weekend now and he's a great fucking dad he really is to hear that we just weren't good together yeah and that's okay it was probably very passionate most passionate relationships are extremely toxic yeah I feel like you can't have health and growth in a relationship yeah and passion Mm -hmm. like it's you have to pick it's like one or the other you know like it's yeah either get your back banged out and fucking argue all the time or fucking be straight and narrow and you know like I just yeah 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 (laughs) when we first met it was like a fucking fairy tale like everything seemed too good to be true and like that's because you guys trauma bonded and love bombed each other i'm sure yeah so anxious attachment also yeah Mm -hmm. definitely so take me on this journey of you being sober and being a mom and you're back at your mom's house so i was at my mom's house for maybe like two weeks because we just don't get along she's like you're a junkie and i'm like you're an alcoholic like what are we gonna do (laughs) here so you guys are like sisters honestly yeah yeah um so I called his mom and I was like I need help you know and and my daughter like we need we need a good healthy place to stay I can't be here like after I left him I vowed that like nobody would ever raise their voice at me in front of my daughter again like that is just to this day that is just a standard that I hold I don't give a fuck who it is right so I called his mom and I was like, I, listen, I know you've seen me and him fuck up a lot, but like, I want to do right. 
So I moved in with them. I lived in their basement. Mm -hmm. My daughter had her own room. We became best friends. And like, where was baby daddy? Had his own place? I don't. I think he had his own place. I don't really remember what yeah. he was doing because the first the first year he didn't see her as much. Gotcha. Um, it was too hard on him. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that that must be really fucking hard for you. Like, oh. <laughs> how convenient. Right. <laughs> right. But so so easy for dudes to tap out, but yeah. heaven forbid if a mom does. Exactly. Yeah. So I stayed with um. I stayed with his parents, and they were just the sweetest most everything i learned about like being a fucking great kick-ass mom i really just like learned from her i love her with all of my heart and her husband is cool but like i like women i respect women a lot more (laughs) yeah (laughs) we're girls girls yeah Mm. um and then i started doing tiktok like when i lived with them it was years ago so you already had like a pretty big following on vine do you think that followed you to tiktok I think I had like 13,000 followers on Instagram when I started TikTok. Mm-hmm. Okay. So like that's a, you know, yeah. that was a pretty decent sized following for um, back then. Right. And, you know, a lot of these people had watched me go through like it was it was all very public. Like I would be crying on you know social media platforms about like how I was scared I was gonna get kicked out I like I never really had like healthy coping mechanisms so like social media was also like always you weren't taught any of that you know as I mean you had your grandma but you know. But she didn't know shit about right. social media. She, she <laughs> well, didn't I'm talking know. about like coping mechanisms and yeah. stuff like that. You know, like you, it, that, it, that's taught. You know, yeah, how to present yourself to the world. So talk, talk to me about getting on TikTok. So I got on TikTok. Um, <laughs> it was fun. It was like, I think I was like one year sober. You know, so like, so your sobriety is pretty new. Yeah, yeah. I'm five years mm-hmm. off of um, heroin. So I I had you know a hiccup after my daughter was born mm-hmm. um, in September, which is what led to me like you know leaving and all of that because I was like this is so this I'm not being the mom I want to okay, fucking be. Okay, so, so before you left your ex, our baby daddy, you had a slip up and yeah. you started doing heroin. So you went from perks to heroin oh i missed out like when i started heroin oh my gosh okay so my first time doing heroin um my baby daddy and i were on a break and i was like suicidal okay Mm -hmm. and actually charlie classic Mm -hmm. saved my life isn't he an amazing human just such a sweetheart he he and i were mutuals and he I comes was on with the it. podcast all the time and I've does seen the Horror that. Olympics with me. Like he's one of my really good friends. I love Charlie. He's he's such a sweetheart. Yeah. I try um, to bang him all the time. He won't bang me. Man. I'm kidding. It's like an ongoing joke we have with each other. Like <laughs> I, I went on that. his podcast one time and I think we it was like started as a joke there and like now it's just we always joke around about how he won't bang me, but I've really never tried to bang him. So <laughs> I love that. I absolutely yeah. love that. How did Charlie save your life? Charlie found out I was suicidal because mm. I had told one of our mutual friends that I was staying with and Charlie called me and was like, hey, 
Moved to Florida. Moved to this house that I'm at. If you just be the cleaning lady, like, you can live there for free. Was it the Sausage Castle? It was. Ah, oh, shout out Mike Busey. Yeah. We love Mike. <laughs> I never knew you were at the Sausage Castle. I was there for a solid three months of my life. Wow. I mean, that's that a long was... time in Sausage Castle years. <laughs> right. Right. It was like seven years in yeah, Sausage Castle for years. Um, I I had gone to the Sausage Castle, you know, and it, there was a lot of partying there, like oh, yeah. drinking and stuff. But yeah, like, that's Mike always had the rule, you know, right. he'd like, don't bring hard shit and like, don't be doing that in here. Like, he was very strict about yeah. that. Um, but there was this chick that I had met, you know, there and we kind of trauma bonded. Um, Did you move in there with your daughter? No. Okay. No, this was, I was probably like, 19 okay, i gotcha. would say okay. yeah so you yeah. met a girl there and you trauma bonded we trauma bonded she also used to be addicted to downers and one thing led to another and like that was my first time trying heroin because we were trying to buy like perks for this trip that we were all going on but they were like all we have is like oxys or like dope and she was like it's fine it's not that big of a deal it's just like doing perks and i was really scared but i was like fuck it yeah Excuse me. So, um, so yeah, that was my first time. What was you know. it? What did it feel like for you? Your first time? Or did you love it or did you hate it? They always say that you, if <sighs> you, when you do meth or heroin for this first time, you're either hooked or you're completely sick. I was hooked. It mm. was so warm oh. and like I was able to like shut things off, like mm. just feel numb. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that was that was my first time doing heroin and then i ended up leaving the sausage castle because i was like this is so bad i've been on like dope for like two weeks and this is my first eight hours without it and like i feel like shit wow i like that's that's what kills me about heroin is like you could only be on it for like a week maybe two weeks and as soon as you go without it your brain is just like i fucking need it like I, What's in it that gets people so addicted? I don't know much about heroin. I, I've done a lot of fucking drugs in my life. Heroin wasn't one of them. I was always scared that I would yeah. get addicted. And that's valid. Yeah. I don't know much about it. I yeah. just did it. Yep. Like, I didn't do much research. I, yep. like, at some point in my life, somebody was like, just so you know, this is fentanyl. And I'm like, cool. Oh. Is it going to stop me from getting sick? Gotcha. You know? Yep. So, but that was back before fentanyl was, like, right. killing people right like i i used to get um like the medical grade fentanyl because this one of our friends that had cancer was just like giving it to us and you were snorting it no i was just taking it yeah oh it was a pill yeah oh wow yeah they they have i don't know if they have them anymore this was like fucking 10 years ago but they have little um fentanyl suckers yeah lord and they I taste just got like goosebumps <laughs> new fear unlocked no and they taste like blueberries oh my god that's yeah even scarier if a kid ever fucking gets a hold of one. Oh yeah Holy super scary you can barely balls. taste it and it's i'm pretty sure it's like 250 like micrograms of fentanyl like it was the tiniest amount but we would get them by the fucking packs oh my god super dangerous but that was back before that was like from the hospital that was before fentanyl was like stepped on yeah and now it's just a whole fucking just terrible situation that's going on in the world yeah i just heard about somebody getting laced with fentanyl in a drink at a bar went to the hospital overdosing because he took a drink out of a bottle on the bar 
and it had fentanyl in it like that's bro. so fucking scary. that's that's why i won't drink i'm so weird i won't drink anything if i haven't opened it myself yeah and held on to it like i look like i'm on e all the time because i have a bottle with me at all times like of water right. or something like that i'm like that with water i'm like that with gatorade even when my it's just me and my team around i'm like i don't know what you bitches slipped in here well yeah <laughs> i'm just kidding <laughs> no every time i'm out at like bars i will only drink corona and i'll keep my thumb yeah on it. like i don't trust it if what I've... a fucking world we live in <laughs> right that's that you have to literally walk around with a, your fucking finger on right your beer i've been roofied before Actually, when I was living in Florida, that uh, Pulse nightclub, I got roofied there before, you know, what it happened? got shot up. Um, me and this chick that I was with, we just wanted to go out. We like we couldn't get high. So we were like, fuck it. Let's do the next best thing. Like, let's go out drinking. Um, and we went out to this club and like we had felt safe. So we were just like... I'm like feral when I drink, you right. know what I, Like it has Same. always been like this, like a fucking party girl. I make out with girl. bitches and just have yeah. a blast, yeah. Like there's there's not much I wouldn't do right. like, when I'm drunk and like at a bar. Um, but we were just dancing and having a good time. And then I like, I remember her going and hugging people and saying goodbye. And I went and hugged people and said goodbye as well to like different people. And then I came back to finish my drink. Mm. That's where I fucked up. Shit. No idea who it was that roofied us, but like the last thing that I remember was um, like I was laying outside of the nightclub and I was like throwing up between my legs. Mm. Like, I mean, like pussy out. I was wearing a tiny little dress. It was rolled up to here. I'm just like throwing up. I call my friend who's in Japan for some fucking reason. And I was like, Brian, I think I got roofied. I got to go home. And like, and this chick can't drive. We're too fucked up. She was, we weren't good for each other, but she was a fucking rider. I I will say that. So my friend in Japan calls us a fucking taxi cab, right? So... We get back to the house. We get back to the sausage castle. And I remember, I don't remember any of this. I remember looking at the cameras the next day. Mm-hmm. But I'm like throwing up a bunch. So she goes out to get our roommates to like carry me back from the taxi. Mm-hmm. Taxi pulled out. I wasn't in the taxi, but she thought I was. So nobody was getting up fast enough. This bitch pulls a knife on all of our roommates. And she was like, if you don't get the fuck up and we go find Hawk. I was just laying by the front door. Oh. I don't know how I got there. Maybe the taxi driver like yeah. drops me off. But that's like, where yeah, I was. like, I don't know where you're going to go, bitch. But you got to get the fuck up out of here. Yeah. <laughs> but she was trying to make sure that like I was safe. Aww, that's awesome, though. So let's talk about. OK, so you said you had one relapse after your daughter was born. Mm-hmm. OK, let's talk about that. I had a tooth pulled. Okay. Um, and that was it. I mean, they give you painkillers yep. after you get a tooth pulled. And then it was just like a few days of, you know, taking painkillers. And I was like, this isn't enough. And I was still like making content, like making sexual content for money. And mm-hmm. I was just like, I, mentally, I don't want to be here. Right. So um, I ended up like doing more perks. And then like, I think I spent like two days on dope. And then I had gotten that message and that was when I called my mom and I love that you in that moment you 
you didn't realize what you were doing, but you were breaking generational trauma. You subconsciously yeah. made that decision to not be like your mom, you know, to give your daughter an addict mom. And that's really cool that you. Thank you. Yeah, no, that's huge that you, you know, were able to have that self-reflection in that moment. Yeah. yeah. My mom and I hadn't talked in months mm-hmm. at that point. So, like, that's what made it even scarier. And I didn't I didn't want to take my daughter into a place where, like, I knew me and my mom would be, like, screaming at each other. So right. I called his mom and I right. said, can you take my baby girl for, you know, a few days so I can just, like, get my fucking head on straight. Yeah. And so we all just, like, all these powerful women in my life and my granny, too, they all just, like band together to just help me like become a mom and they all sat me down and they were like this cannot fucking happen again and I was like you're right because you think about like anybody in active addiction would say like I would never do that but then they fucking do it because they don't realize what the fuck they're doing you know what I mean Mm -hmm. and I was like I know I would never hurt my baby girl but the thing is like I I was not okay I was not in a good space to be like the best mom that I could be right and I made the right decision and like calling you know his mom and making sure that like she was taken care of right um that was great that was amazing that you did that yeah thank you I'm I'm so my life has been very hard but I'm so grateful for the way that those months of my life went like, as ashamed as I can feel, you know, for who I used to be. Like, mm-hmm. I look back on all these videos that people, you know, on the internet are bringing up now. And as much as I don't recognize that person, and as much as I'm, like, embarrassed of that person. What videos are they bringing up? Because, like I said, I don't know any of this, and I refuse to go on that other website because it's just a cesspool <laughs> of fucking garbage. Oh, my God. That... So you got let's you got on TikTok. Yeah. Um at, at while you were sober you were a year sober. Yeah. You got on TikTok. Let's start taking that journey and then we'll get into the all the stuff that everybody wants to hear about, which I really don't know. So whatever you want to address is perfectly fine with me. Okay. Um so I got on TikTok. I made friends. I had this like we had this friend from England that like we ended up flying out. And, like, uh, this whole group chat of people, Mm -hmm. we just, like, all got together and, like, made friends. And TikTok was so amazing in a, like, I I feel like my healing Mm -hmm. because, like, I felt like such an outcast because I had missed out on so much of my life. You know what I mean? That, like, I felt very immature, You know what I mean? Like, it was hard for me to grow up because I missed out on so many things. So, like, being on TikTok, I really just got to, like, feed that inner child and be a jackass because, like, I could be. Right. You know what I mean? And people are going to love you for you. Exactly. They're going to hate you for you and they're going to love you for you. Exactly. And I really... Always, always the hate. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um... But it was a it was a crazy ride. And then um, at some point when I like when I was really getting popular, like I was verified on TikTok mm-hmm. and I had like over a million followers. And then how did how did you get verified? Because they will not fucking verify me. And I have articles up the wazoo. Yeah, I don't I don't know. 
Like I don't <laughs> I love have that. It. They, <laughs> I don't fucking know. They I'm over here fighting me. for verification. Yeah. Well, this was like forever ago. Yeah. This was I was really blowing up. There was like a specific group of friends that were really just like blowing up. Right. Um. Who was all in the crew? Nice Michael. I mm. fucking love Nice Michael. If mm. you don't know who he mm-hmm. is, you should look him up. He dances and he's <laughs> just such a sweetheart. He yeah. was, I got to hang out with him. Um, he was one of the first people that like I really hung out with and he was so like welcoming. Right. Just, and I got to meet like his girlfriend at the time and she was like hilarious. She was even funnier than him. I'm sorry, Michael, if you see this, <laughs> but like she was so amazing they were just such a sweet couple and um yeah there was there's a lot of people that i don't want to say their names okay like we're not friends anymore so i i don't want to just like talk about them or like upset anybody but back then it was it was the time of my fucking life and i will always appreciate those people like no matter what it was such a such a turning point in my life and when i did get verified on tiktok they literally called me and they were like we want you to be a part of the creator program so like how would you feel about getting verified and i was like yeah absolutely (laughs) and they're just on their computer they're like okay it's done and then they must be nice (laughs) then they called me months later they were like do you want to meet young blood and i was like yeah absolutely i do (laughs) so they like got me in to hang out with him like with a lot of other creators And TikTok did a lot until I started doing sex work again. Right. So when I was getting popular, people had found out that, like, I used to sell, you know, explicit content. And I had been pretty open about, like, hey, this was, like, I wasn't in a good place in my life. Like, I wasn't with a good person. I wasn't being treated okay. Like, it was an abusive relationship. And I don't want you guys to, like, use these photos. They were making their profile pictures like a picture of me with like a dick in my mouth oh my god like on tiktok yeah wow yeah and tiktok was like allowing the whole thing didn't matter how many times i reported the accounts all of that so i was like you know what fuck you guys you're not gonna do this for free right i'm I'm tired of it i'm i'm not doing this shit so then i started OnlyFans. right and it blew the fuck up of course yeah because those that talk shit still want to fucking see what's going on literally (laughs) yeah it and that changed my life and I did that for a while and then I did like my first like collab like people on TikTok calling they call it collabs um and that blew up as well that was like one year into like me doing OnlyFans Mm -hmm. and um and then I just spent the next like year I would do like one big collab a month with like whoever whoever else oh sorry um whoever else like did OnlyFans and also did TikTok and like somehow I was just known for doing that like collabing with like the biggest influencers um on TikTok and what happened so you had your profile taken though oh yeah yeah they just banned me they banned you and took your verification now and they won't verify you again or what um so they banned me they won't give me the account back Mm. i had like 2.9 million Mm -hmm. followers i think so when does all the the hate start pouring in like when does this happen um literally maybe like three months ago four months ago is when this all started yeah so the thing about um back when i was on vine 
back when I was on drugs and I was on Vine, I made some jokes that were fucked up. Jokes that, like, I'm not proud of. I used to, like, say the N-word, oh, you know? Yeah. And that, it's not okay. I right. do not, like, stand up for that at all. It's not something that, like, I believe in whatsoever. I used to make just sick jokes. Like, since I was like 15 I was groomed by like one of my dad's friends Mm -hmm. you know and so I used to think that like grooming jokes were funny because I was like conditioned to it I was like I can make these jokes I was it was your upbringing yeah yeah so um I look back at these videos and I'm like oh that's fucked but this is something that I bring up, I try to bring up like at least once a year. Right. Because I don't want it to like come as a shock. Right. You know, because I, as embarrassed as I am about this, I'm like, that was me. You right. Know? I didn't give a fuck. Like, I have to take accountability. That was still me that did that as much as I hate I mean, it. Owning it, there's, that's all you can do is own it, apologize. And the best apology is changed behavior. Yeah. You know, so for people who want to keep dragging you for it, that's just, so yeah make sense so um there was this weird little i'm gonna call it a fan page that was started mm-hmm. for me um and the reason that they started the page was because of the fact that like i used to say the n-word 10 years ago mm-hmm. and a lot of my friends um are pocs you know that like i a lot of my friends what are like, pocs huh what are POCs? people of color a lot of my friends are like black and Mm -hmm. um just people of color and they call out racism when they see it right you know but me i mind my business i'm like i'm what the fuck am i supposed to do tell them like maybe you shouldn't call out these things like that's their place right it's not my place and that's where this hate page got things like very mixed up because they think that I call these things out, but I'm like, my friends know about my fuck ups because I've openly said it on my pages. You know what I mean? Um, I bring it up every time, like at least once a year, you know what I mean? I Mm -hmm. take accountability for it, but it, it's not my place to tell, tell my friends not to call these things out. Right. But, from what the internet was seeing you know they were seeing the fact that i used to do this and the fact that my friends like call these things out but they didn't understand that like it's just not my fucking place right and that also the person that they're trying to like convict you of being that was 10 years ago you know like people grow people learn and also it has a lot to do with your upbringing too you know like i was raised in an extremely I don't want to say racist household, but, you know, we had Confederate flags in our house and it was just very like, you know, you don't date outside your race. And, you know, Mm -hmm. people don't understand that when and it wasn't until I got with my husband that I really understood different cultures because I had never been exposed to it. Yeah. And all of his friends know that because I have been very open with them about that. We actually did a whole documentary with Chelsea Handler on racism and I had to talk about it with Chelsea Handler, you know, and I don't think people realize that, you know, your parents have a lot to do with how you 
speak and how you feel about and you know you were just a baby 10 years ago 10 years ago you're fucking 18 yeah you know like yeah I don't want to use age as a scapegoat because it's not but it's like what 18 year old isn't fucking learning how to fucking be a human being especially with no guidance you know right I just don't understand how people can just crucify other people for doing things that they were never taught was right or wrong yeah and like none of my friends really like corrected me you know because my friends were doing my like I had a bunch of like hood rat friends you know like Mm -hmm. we weren't correcting each other right we we weren't being watched we weren't being corrected by parents we were just literally out running around you know sleeping in random fields with bottles of vodka <laughs> cars and shit yeah. yeah so there there was like no guidance but right. but you know, you've taken accountability and i don't think that you should have to keep every year fucking reminding people hey i used to be this person but another yeah. year's gone by and i've changed you know like that's so not fair to you and these sites literally are like ruining people's lives like going out of their way to f- like hurt people and know, that's not okay one thing that I really want to say about these hate pages, um, like this is this is the one thing that I kept reminding myself, like when I get on this podcast, because there are viewers like I, I want to talk about this because as much as I honestly, I do understand these people wanting to hold people accountable. Yeah, like absolutely. I, I empathize with that very much. But then as soon as they got like the attention that they were looking for you know this hate page gained like eleven thousand followers because when it's a whole page where you can delete any comment that's like hey this isn't true yeah like it was all fucking slander yeah no they did the same thing to us whenever the whole dimps thing went down they tried to say that i was shaming a a, an sa victim yeah and that was not the case at all and they literally took one piece of the video of that i had posted and all i simply said was if she's comfortable telling thousands of people on a hate page her situation why and threatening lawyers then why yeah. doesn't she go to the authorities and do what she says she's going to do yeah she yeah we don't even and the thing is is these people on these pages believe people who don't even have profile pictures these yeah. could be anybody yeah. yeah impersonating anybody yeah and you guys do not have cold hard facts in the court of law you would have to have cold, hard facts to convict somebody. Yeah. And these people do not have any facts. And they mm-hmm. are literally just making up whatever they want to make up about people. And it's not okay. They take these like almost half truths mm-hmm. and they fill the gaps. Like if that's been the entire problem. It's called speculation. Yeah. Which would never hold weight in court. The whole problem between me and this page is I haven't said anything. So they're like filling gaps with... Any friendships that have fallen through with me, any heaven any forbid situation. friendships fall apart. I'm like, have you never like who do you fucking still have like every friend you've ever had in your life? No. Are they still actively? I in fight your with my life? fucking best friend of 20 years. We fucking broke up two years ago and right. fucking just recently started talking again. It's a part of being human. Yeah. And like, that's valid. But my biggest problem with this hate page is like, um, like I empathize with wanting to hold people accountable. But I don't think they're so wrapped up in getting the attention from it's not healthy. this hate. They don't realize that they're like, I'm a fucking sex worker. I'm a mother and I'm a sex worker. So by just 
as much as they don't want to fucking believe it, people want to kill me just because I fucking exist. Right. People want to be aggressive with me. And they're digging up this information about me. They're like reaching out to people that I went to fucking high school with. Ten years ago, I went to high school with these people and they're looking for information. And I'm like, you guys don't understand the game that you're playing. You can get all this information about me. And yeah. I, can, I can promise you, you're not going to like everything. I've had a hard fucking life. Yeah. I didn't grow up with a fucking picture perfect goddamn life. Like it... It is like 12 messy. years ago you were underage. Right. So what the fuck are they digging for? Like, that's weird. So these people are getting these bits of information, but they don't understand that the wrong people could be watching. Right. You think every fucking, every person in that page is there because they want to hold me accountable too? Yeah. No. People are fucking sick. Yeah. They created, they created an entire private discord to share photos of our children's faces, mine, honey's, and Luna's. They also tried to tell us that that didn't exist, but we have screenshots. Like, That's do you know how fucking so scary that is? Yeah. And uh, we managed to get in the fucking Discord. What makes you think fucking creeps aren't? Yeah. That's so scary. Like, if you want to hold us accountable, that's fucking fine. You want to pick us apart, that's fine. Don't bring children into it. These people have tried so hard to prove that I'm a bad person, which I'm not fucking perfect. Like, I never came online saying, like, I am the picture-perfect sex worker. I'm the picture-perfect mother. But like, that's what makes a person beautiful is not being perfect. Yeah. Being perfectly flawed is beautiful. They've picked everything apart. Every friendship, like, They do that with post. dimps. They do that with dimps, too. Like, literally, dimps can't fucking even breathe the wrong way no or they fucking it's like oh my god her lip quivered to the left do you see how ugly she yeah. looks like it's like the weirdest shit and i don't go on there but you know i talk to dimps all the time or like yeah. you know some people on my team see stuff and they tell me about it i just i cannot like i would rather love the shit out of people who are not perfect yeah and just you know be a beacon of light in their life than to ever want to fucking put anybody in harm's way or fucking jeopardize a child like yeah what if there's like pedophiles in there and child molesters that see these babies that's what i'm and saying and one of these babies gets hurt because of this fucking group like how right. this place is legal is fucking beyond me dude right i don't understand and i really think the creators need to start talking out about it i completely agree but nobody's gonna start talking about it until somebody gets hurt or they're very affected i just had to my friend just relapsed on live and they so they live in my apartment and I don't fuck with that like I've had talks with them I'm like if you're gonna stay in my apartment like you you can't fuck up like this like for me sobriety is like life or death yeah. and I'm talking about like getting high like I I drink every now and then but like if if you're getting high you can't be in my life right because it it's it will ruin me yeah so they had a mental breakdown because of this fucking hate page because there's there's so many ways I could pick them apart the way that they have picked me apart. But the way that they have, if they see me with somebody, I did a collab with um, our friend Yinny and they went in this page talking about how they think Yinny is an abuser and Yinny did this and Yinny did that. Yinny had to go in there 
and explain every single relationship that they've ever had. And like, do you know, do you remember the Goonies when Chunk was like explaining his entire life with his hand in the blender? Mm. That was Yinny Mm. just trying to save their own ass because these people were trying to label them as an abuser for being seen with me. And it's, it's scary for anybody that wants to like be a part of my life. Yeah. No, they do that. They they do that with Dems too. Auntie Amanda, they tear her apart trashly. They tear her apart. Yeah. It's like I just don't understand if they like it's if they pick and choose who they want to fucking pick on and oh, yeah. they zero in. Yeah. And it is like literally like a swarm of bees just attacking yeah. over and over and over again and it's just so toxic and it's so disgusting and I just don't understand, like I said, how that site is even fucking up. It's insane. One time I had, um, I'm really cold. I'm shaking like a chihuahua, Aww. so I'm going to put my jacket on. Are you getting mad? <laughs> yeah. Well, this whole thing is like, it's almost, I've, I've got trauma, but this is like borderline traumatic because right. my friends are being affected, you know, and like my friend had a mental breakdown and I had to... I had to take a school night away from my daughter to drive all over my state to get them a ticket to go back home so that they could go to, like, the mental hospital. Mm. And I'm just like, you motherfuckers want to call me such a bad mom, but because of everything that, like, you have put on all of us, you know, my friend's an adult. They, They did fuck up, but that's, like, a conversation between, you know, me and them. But, like, this page was like, how could you, how could you blame us? I'm like, we all played our parts yeah we all played our fucking parts i mean if everybody just stops tuning into that page i feel like they would have no leg to stand on either you know because it's like you could talk about me all fucking day long i don't give a fuck i'm still gonna succeed you know you're still gonna succeed no matter and honestly the hate doesn't reach me unless i go looking for it yeah and really you can siphon comments out and stuff like that and just completely block these people out because giving them attention is just feeding you you um feed what you fear and i realized that yeah after i had like addressed things with this page and they got that attention i was like this is never gonna stop somebody has to end it yeah so just fuck them yeah and then i found like i found out who some of these people were like i found their instagrams yeah mimi got mad at somebody talking shit about me and she literally found this woman's fucking children found her like and they're always fucking like the people who don't have a profile picture literally never want to show themselves and who are the most fucking opinionated because their lives fucking suck yeah i I, thousand percent fight me on it i there's not one successful person in there I don't give a fuck no. who you are. You guys can claim you're successful. You guys can say you've got all this shit going on, but you're literally in a fucking chat tearing down other people with no profile picture. I don't give a fuck. If you can't say it from your chest, I don't respect it. And you know what? There are people that I have worked with that I've found in this in this page, like a grown ass 26 year old person that I have worked with who I didn't even know we had problems I still have not had a conversation with them about it. Wow. And they're in this page saying like, does anybody think that like Kenzie just looks like they bite people and like it's really annoying? And I'm like, what the fuck? Who You've never like even that? met this Kenzie person. And what are you doing as like a grown successful person, like a grown successful independent sex worker? What the fuck are you doing? And I've had other people like that I was close friends with 
join in on this, which made it worse. And that was one of the hardest, like, awakenings when I realized that, like, not everybody is friends with you because they want to see you make it to the top. Oh, yeah. They will put their fucking claws in you and try and rip you down the second you don't benefit them anymore. Oh, absolutely. And And that's, that's like, exactly what happened. Yeah, that site just we've already given it way too much energy, but I want you to speak on it and, you know, people to hear your point of view on it, too, because it does affect you and it does affect the people around you. And that's not fucking fair, dude. But that place is that they're like they remind me of like people who fucking are hanging out at like a Denny's at two o'clock in the morning. No, literally. (laughs) Or four. Let's, you know what? 4.30 a.m. Okay, because that's a rough crowd. Right. So that like literally, I just picture them all in like a Denny's or a Blueberry Hill fucking smoking cigarettes. Chain Drinking coffee, just talking shit about the next bitch. You know, like it's literally like they're just, I just cannot see these people being productive citizens. So saying that much, moving on from that site, what yeah. does 2023 hold for Hawk? Like, <sighs> holy shit. I have no idea, dude. <laughs> you know, she's I, like, I'm just fucking flying by the seat of my pants. I really thought about quitting after all of this. No. I really did because. You never let the, them win, baby. And I know that. And honestly, it was Joanna. Like, Good. Joanna is so strong and just like sat me down. It was just like, bitch I know you're a good person you know you're a good fucking person Mm -hmm. she was like who fucking cares about the rest people are gonna talk you've made it yeah and that like I'm a sensitive little cancer baby yeah you want to hide in your shell yeah so don't let them dim your light though you don't you've worked you have clawed your way out of fucking the depths of hell from addiction from you know an abusive relationship for our you know whatever type of relationship that was um I don't want to label it something that it wasn't but you know just being made to do work that you weren't to me is abusive so that's why I say that but not physically um you know childhood trauma fucking living on your own being doing drugs at 12 you know like you have come so far to let people who can't even face you say these things to you for you to ever fucking give up, dude. Yeah. Fuck these people. Honestly. Keep shitting on them. You know what? When I, when I, like, well, I texted you last night and mm. I was like, I'm so nervous because yeah. in my brain, I'm like, this is finally my chance to like address all these rumors. And like, I had bits of phone calls and screenshots with all these facts because of the rumors that they spread and I was like dude fuck them yeah like honestly I mean it doesn't matter how many receipts you show and how much they're still gonna fucking twist their narrative exactly it's you could never do right in these people's eyes yeah it's just like it's kind of like I hate to compare it to this but it's like a fucked up relationship with a parent yeah you just have to cut it off if it's toxic for you and it's not benefiting you in any way. Those motherfuckers, I guarantee you half of those 10,000 people are subscribed to your fucking OnlyFans. Yeah. No, oh, no, they are. Guaranteed. They've talked about it. Yeah. They, like, hate watch. And I'm like, that. that is but you're still getting $15. Paid. Yeah. Bro, that is lunch. What the fuck yeah. are you doing? <laughs> yeah. That's so sad. Yeah. It's insane. No, don't even try to explain yourself. Don't ever give up for, the, the, for those people because then they win. Yeah. And really, why? What do they win? Fucking and, another hater in the group yeah like they're hating for free these people literally are sitting around hating for free which fucking blows my mind and i realize that like if they win 
if I quit. I'm not going to be the end of it because right. I'm not the problem. I'm not like I'm not the solution. Oh no, they'll to just zero problems. in on somebody else. It'll just be to the next fucking. That's why person. there's multiple fucking pages, dude. I had yeah. fucking uh, Kristen and Whitney in here. Mm-hmm. Those I don't know if you know who they are. Huge fucking TikTok stars too. Uh, Chris, Kristen Whitman and Whitney Wren. These little girls are fucking just turned 20, 21 years old and are literally yeah. getting torn apart. And it's just it's the fucking weirdest shit to me, dude. They'll zero in on anybody. Yeah. So it doesn't ever. matter. Yeah. I will say another reason I didn't quit is because like I, I stopped taking this page serious when like last year I got in like a six month situationship with this guy who ended up treating me like shit. He went into this page and told everybody that he was freed from the shackles of Hawk when he broke up with me because he couldn't make me come. And I was like, no amount of waterboarding could ever get that out of me. That is so embarrassing. And the way that the page was just like, oh my God, you poor thing. I'm like, you guys are fucking insane. Come on. What the fuck? I was like, this is a joke. Like, that's something to be so... First of all, he's a cornball for even saying that. He is. Like, also, what a I'm fucking... on antidepressants. So, like... Yeah. What what, the, what do you expect? <laughs> like, it's okay. All yeah. you have to do is try a little bit. Yeah. Still, it's just like, that's so corny. That yeah. That people just would turn to that page be just because you guys didn't work out. Like, nobody has loyalty anymore. It's so weird. Yeah. 2023, what do you want to happen? If in a perfect world, what would be a perfect year for you? You know what? I have been um, steering away from like working with influencers and, you know, sex work. Um, just because like I went into sex work knowing nothing and I fucked up along the way, like planning group events and, mm. you know, things like that. There have been. It's hard. Yeah. Collabs are hard. I don't do them. And going in knowing fucking nothing and trying to like coordinate all these things just because I'm the one that like got lucky and had the money to do it and then being responsible. Oh, yeah. For like 20 plus influencers. Mm -mm. I'm like, this isn't for me. And then I met Joanna. Yeah. And I worked with um, I worked with Aaron, Mm -hmm. which was such a game changer working with people who have been in this industry for so professional as fuck. That's where I'm headed. Yeah. Because I love my job. I love the friends that I've made that are like so professional. And I'm probably very soon just going to retire on a little farm with my daughter. I love that. And that's all you can do. That is like the best life that you could give her. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I, when I first got my house that I'm in, I remember crying. Did you buy it? No, okay. no, I didn't. But buy still, it. just having your own house. I'm still too scared to have a house in my name, right? Because you know, gotcha. it's public knowledge. Like I could buy a house, but I, I'm There's like ways working. around it. Whenever you're ready, let me know because our houses aren't in our names. Okay, yeah, I would love to talk about mm-hmm. that. Um, but being in the state that I'm in, not many people know about these things. So like I'll be right. talking to realtors and I'm like, can you figure this out? And they're like, oh, I don't know. Yeah. I'm like, no. I, yeah, yeah. Okay. We got you. <laughs> so, um, I remember crying because my, every house I've ever lived in has been so chaotic. Kids running back and forth, you know, like our cousins would be living with us and 
I felt so safe. My house was so quiet. Aww. My daughter was in bed by like eight o'clock and like we had both like gotten our showers in, dinner time. And that was when I was like, I want a quiet life. I, that was when I decided Aww. like the end goal is the farm. Yeah. So I love that. With goats. Uh-huh. she said with goats you gotta have I the goats that. i love that so much well hawk i'm so happy that you came to sit down with me and i can't wait to keep watching your journey you gotta promise me that you're gonna come back though i would love to all right you better i would back. absolutely love to thank you for having me dude i'm just so happy you're here why don't you shout out where people can find you and your only fans and all that stuff if they already don't know it is um my Instagram is Hawk Hates You and my OnlyFans is Hawk Hates You and so is my Twitter. The only thing that's different is um TikTok, which is Disco Robot Dance. Unless I could get my Hawk Hates You page back, <laughs> we, then we'll be We'll see what we can do about Hawk that. Hawk Hates You across the board. <laughs> I love that. How did you get the name Hawk, by the way? I'm so glad you asked yeah. because I get this question so much. Yeah, I want to hear this. There's this movie, um, Detroit Rock City. Mm-hmm. Do you did you ever mm-hmm. watch that movie? Mm-mm. Okay, well I'm pretty sure Gene Simmons like made the movie. Yeah, it's it's a movie. About... I did do a lap dance for Gene Simmons one time. Good. He, he licked my back. It was um, weird. Yeah, I bet yeah. it was. <laughs> it was weird. Me and my best friend Tasha. So this movie, it's called Detroit Rock City, and it's about four kids who are just fucking dying to go to a kiss concert and like one of the moms is super religious and she like burns the tickets so they do all (laughs) these crazy things to get tickets like there's a guy hawk and i wanted to be just like him he ends up sleeping with like a stripper in the movie and i was like oh what an icon i want to sleep with strippers (laughs) one day look at you now yeah and here i am you fulfilled her destiny how would how how do i say that properly Hawk fulfilled, fulfilled their, their destiny. destiny. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Yay. There you go. See, I'm learning, guys. <laughs> it's it's okay to, like, fuck up with pronouns. One thing that I've realized is, like, people get more uncomfortable if you make, like, a huge deal. Mm. Like, if somebody fucks up, you know, pronouns in front of a group of people and another person is like, hey, their, their pronouns are they, them, you know, like, yeah. making a huge spectacle of somebody's pronouns yeah that's that's where it gets uncomfortable for me I just always want to be respectful you know and it's it's yeah. so hard like I said you learn things in childhood and yeah. the all this shit is so new I'm 42 years old trying to learn yeah. pronouns has been a thing for me but it's a thing yeah. in the world and it's like you want to respect people's choices and people's beliefs so yeah. yeah, I think that's great. And that's really important. I think the issue is like with people that are like, I don't get pronouns. You know, it's you're <laughs> yeah. human. It's OK to like every day we're fucking up and like unlearning things. Mm-hmm. That's that's OK. But like, I think it's really cool that you're trying. Right. I think well, that I appreciate that. Are you guys are you meeting up with Joanna after this? Or? I am. Yay, yeah. You guys going to go- dinner. We're going to some place that does magic. Oh, okay. House of Cards. Yeah. Yeah. That's where we're going. You guys are going to have a blast and I can't wait. I'm super excited. I can't wait for you to come back too. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Of course. You're always welcome back anytime. Anytime you want to come and spill tea or just talk shit, my couch is waiting for you. And I'll be here all the time. I can't wait. Be careful what you say because (laughs) I'll be out here all the time. Cannot wait. Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of Dumb Blonde. I will see you guys next week. Bye. 
What's up, guys? Don't forget to sub to Patreon so that you can see the visuals. Because not only do we have episodes of the podcast, we have exclusive content that nobody else sees on any other apps, behind the scenes, photo shoots, and we're dropping a whole bunch of surprising stuff this year. So if you guys don't want to miss out and you want to be the first to know, go over to our Patreon, www.dumblondunrated.com. Love you.